0: Pelosi's a terrorist.
1: And welcome to episode number 66 of Grumpy Old Ben's. I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of Middle America, just outside of Chirac, where there doesn't really seem to be much looting going on anymore. But, you know, like the weather here, that could change at any time.
0: And from America's left coast, where our sanctuary cities are full of undocumented shoppers. I'm Ryan Bemrose.
1: Hey, they're doing a lot of shopping. And you know what the nice thing is when it comes to COVID? They're not using cash. When they're doing no, the no, they're
0: not they're, they're They're being very safe. Many of them are wearing masks. If all of uh, them are wearing no. masks. <laughs> Just the ones that don't want to be identified on camera. You know, it's, it's a weird thing. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yes, it is.
1: Burning down your own neighborhoods. I, I don't get it. But I mean, how are you doing there in Seattle? I know this is
0: I, I am not in Seattle and not a day goes by that. I regret the decision to not be in Seattle.
1: As well, you shouldn't, as I don't, not being in the actual city of Chicago.
0: Parts of Seattle are burning. Parts of Bellevue, which is uh, the the higher class, slightly more Republican. And I say slightly more Republican, meaning that they're only about 70% Democrat instead of 95. <laughs>
1: oh, what a uh, high bunch it, of uh, Yeah, across
0: the lake is also burning. But uh, up here where I am, in the slightly more blue collar, which is to say only about 85% Democrat, we're... Uh, But my personal neighborhood, not burning down, which is probably good.
1: The same here. And this, again, why it's good to be outside of the city, although this is the first time in any of these events that the looters and rioters and the people setting things aflame did come out to the suburbs. And I don't know if this was a concerted effort that was pre-thought or if this was because the mayor of Chicago, of course. You know, they shut down the trains coming in. They shut down the roadways coming into Chicago. So this may have just been a case to where, well, okay, we can't get into Chicago. So let's go into the suburbs and start burning down, which is weird. They're going after targets, which I mean, I don't know why. I don't know why. I mean, except for the fact they have a big target on the outside and the people are like, oh, they must (laughs) be a title. I, I, I don't know if there's any other reason, because target seems to be a very woke company. In a very gay-friendly and everything-friendly company,
0: well, that that makes me want to loot them.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, I guess, but, but you're, you're, not, you're uh, not in the. Group. At
0: least around here, Target is generally known for having slightly higher quality merchandise, and uh, then Walmart. And if if it's really going to be the same price, I'm uh, free. Then I mean, why not go get the one that's not going to fall apart when you're carrying it back to you know through the brick-strewn street? Yes. Know?
1: And it was on Saturday, I believe, that they actually we got a call, an automated call from our local police department and uh, saying, well, you know, there are some looters in the area, rioters, whatever word they use. I mean, they may have used protesters, you know, just to be politically correct. But, you know, if you see anything to call 9 one which
0: rioting really is just an extreme and also constitutionally unprotected form of protesting. Yes. So, I, I, I mean, technically, it could be correct.
1: You know, and it's interesting that they were trying to go, you know, quickly from location to location. And the, once the police caught up to them, they got the hell out of Dodge. I mean, one of the suburban shopping mall areas here, you know, they got in and were just about to uh, get out of their vehicles and, and cause their carnage. And the police pulled into the parking lot and they ran. So this wasn't a uh, this wasn't a group that wanted to have a confrontation with the police which is a good thing and the police did their job protecting people and their property out here in the suburbs it's a little bit well, you harder know, the
0: suburbs the suburbs are a pretty dicey idea for for rioters and looters you know in the in the middle of the big city it's generally safe first of all that's mostly commercial district which means that uh it, the the people who are there are paid to be there and probably not paid enough to take a brick to the face. So they're all going to abandon that place. And you've got free reign to loot the storefronts, blow stuff up, whatever. And there's very few people going to try to stop you. There aren't ever enough cops to stop everybody, which by the way, uh, when the revolution comes, that's, that's a big quick hint. Uh, not that this, this might actually be people trying to start the revolution. I don't think it's going that far, but, uh, you know, eventually they're going to stop and go, wait a minute, I still need a soy latte. But anyways, (laughs) the the suburbs are a completely different idea. First of all, uh, the second amendment still exists out in the suburbs. Correct. Because it's, it's only the center of the big cities that, that people have unconstitutionally created these gun free zones. But more importantly, the suburbs is residential area. And when you threaten somebody's when you threaten a storefront where somebody works, they're like, yeah, I'm out. I'll, I'll just go find another job. You threaten somebody's house. They're like, I've got nowhere to go. I have to defend this. And they have guns and they have home turf advantage. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know if, if Illinois is like this in Washington, at least there. Uh, Washington is a castle doctrine state, which is a holdover from back before it became a California strong. I'm a liberal stronghold. Uh, basically if, if somebody is actively breaking into my house and I quote unquote fear for the safety of myself or my family, I can put an entire fucking magazine into their forehead and I am immune from prosecution for that crime because they were breaking into my house. And if if you're looting, especially if you're going to the suburbs, you got to know people will defend their houses. So, uh, if if I may make a recommendation to all of the looters and and rioters who are not listening to me, um, just stay in the middle of the city. The cities are shitholes anyway. Uh, it it's it, the especially the cities where. The the mayors and city councils are coming out and saying, I'm sorry, but we can't actually allow the police to keep law and order. Let's, you know, let's go ahead and just bail out anybody who's been arrested. Yeah. Virtue signaling abounds.
1: Yeah. Well, the suburbs, you're absolutely right. People care about their property, even though there is a lot of push behind the people, these revolutionary groups. And they are trying to get the revolution started. There's no question whether they'll be successful. I still doubt they'll be successful. but. A big part of these the people's mentality is that, you know, you should have no possessions. I mean, there should be no property. People shouldn't own anything. And which, it's,
0: which is easy for these idiots rioting because they're all leftists who live in their parents' basement and don't have any possessions except their Xbox. Exactly.
1: Which for me, the same thing. And I well, for one, I just wanted to mention if you can put a whole magazine into somebody's forehead, the load of your ammo is not good at all. Because after a couple, I I
0: didn't even mean use a gun. I was thinking of just like popping the mag out and beating someone (laughs) to death with it. Well, that's a little fantasy I have. Maybe
1: that I can see that being more in your personality. (laughs) Like I could use a gun or I can just use my hands. I mean, you're more of that. You have to bring wood in to heat the house kind of guy. So I can see you're more grizzly Adams. I get that. But you're absolutely right. Yeah, it is the beard. And I'm sure you have a nice, big, bushy beard now due to COVID and not going out and all that. So that helps. But you're right, the people in the suburbs, much better armed. And when I got that phone call, I did. I looked and like, okay, yeah, those I got, uh, you know, multiple magazines loaded and ready just in case, which I wasn't really expecting any trouble to be going up and down our street. We knew they were attacking business for the reasons you said businesses are easy targets. People aren't willing to put their life on the line at Target because they don't own Target. Now, if you're a guy that owns a little shop, mom and pop shop, then these looters and rioters better be way more careful because people, have yeah,
0: <laughs> especially if you don't, if your shop is just getting by and you don't make enough to have a separate house somewhere else. And so you live in the room up above the shop. And now the shop is your home, I mean, aka your castle.
1: Yes. I mean, and in this case, we understand that the police in a town like Chicago, a city like New York, could be very easily overwhelmed, although New York is an interesting story because the douchebag mayor decided not to put the police out in force, which I mean that's definitely oh, yeah. one of the things we need to talk about today is the fact that there were mayors who intentionally let their cities burn in order to seem woke using this. Bull crap excuse that well we just didn't want to escalate things further it's like
0: what (laughs) this this is i this is not significantly more bullshit than than the governors who were willing to let their economies burn because the well we we've talked about that on the last 12 episodes uh you know one thing that i don't I'm not sure I get about uh all of the the leftist rioters in there and and maybe this is because they're they're different versions of the leftists you one one of the problems with stereotyping entire groups is you lose the individual and it's very possible that that you know a hypocritical stance is because one person thinks this and one person thinks that but it it's hard to understand um by going out and congregating on the streets either. You're trying to kill yourself and your relatives with a deadly virus, or you were completely wrong when you said large gatherings were deadly. Uh, which one is it? Are you completely are, are you a psychotic murderer or are you full of crap? <laughs> or are they just going out and trying to get covid and then and then march and protest on D.C. as, as a form of biological attack or something?
1: Well, I mean, I'm sure you saw That George Floyd, the man who was killed by the Minneapolis police, had COVID when they did the autopsy. So
0: that that was that was just the the completely ludicrous icing on the cake. You know what that means? That means he was a COVID death and there was no reason to protest at all because he died from the virus. And the way to protest the virus is to lock yourself in and never see the light again.
1: Right. I mean, there's no doubt about it. He died with COVID. So he's a COVID death. Yes.
0: According to the way all of the hospitals have been marking things, you know, if if you happen to have covid and somebody kneels on your neck for 10 minutes, then that's a covid death because you had respiratory distress and and the hospitals get more money from covid, as we all know, which is why every death that where the patient can pronounce the word covid is automatically a covid death.
1: Right. So and this is going to make for interesting theater. And I'm hoping that it takes beyond November for the election cycle to get this through the court system. Usually it would, but we know we're living in weird times that the other thing that just happened. If
0: you think the election will be over in November, I've got some news for you. (laughs) The voting with with all of the maybe with all of the hastily constructed mail in garbage that that we're going to be seeing. Uh, I guarantee you we we might have people trying to vote in November but then we'll have the the oh I'm sorry we fucked it up we we didn't get it right uh you know oh there there goes our our FCC rating um
1: we <laughs> you lose it long ago on this show there would yeah, be a well, lot of that. editing to do on this show to make it FCC friendly
0: <laughs> You're welcome uh know, oh, oh, sorry. We we messed up the election on on November 4th and uh okay. Well, uh we have to have the redo one 2 weeks later. Uh okay. Actually, it turns out that there was widespread fraud in the redo, so there's going to be an election the first Tuesday of December. Uh oh, actually, uh it turns out that the people who lost this this and this race are all suing and uh the presidential race there is uh electors now coming out and saying that the they were, uh, you know, they were coerced or they were fraudulent or, you know, and there's this evidence and therefore we're going to actually have to schedule a brand new election in January. And, oh, inauguration is day has gone by and we don't have a new president elected. And Trump is just going to stay in office because he says he will uh, until we have a new president. And and then it'll be freaking April before we actually know who the next president is going to be. That is my prediction here on Grumpy Old Benz. It's going to be. And a, you know I'm an expert.
1: Oh, yeah. If you want to be an expert, just donate to Grumpy Old Benz. You are immediately classified as an expert. And you have you can print out a little certificate, prove it to all of your friends. But what was your take on Minnesota, or I'm assuming it's the DA and, uh, in Minneapolis that upped the charges on the cop? And they did they did arrest the other three on accessory charges, which I'm still confused about a lot of that, because even though the main video we saw the main cop had his knee on George Floyd's neck, there were three officers which appeared to be laying on his body. They weren't just standing by. They weren't just watching. They appeared to be on his body. And I can tell you, three people laying on your body will Impede your ability to breathe and get oxygen just as much, if not more so, than somebody with their knee on your neck. But I'm not a medical doctor, so I don't know. But the fact that they took these charges from third degree murder and raised them to second degree murder, I mean, a lot of people who don't understand how the whole system works are applauding this as a good thing when the reality is it's a much higher bar to prove. Second degree murder than third degree murder, which means there is now a much greater chance this cop walks and gets off on the murder charge. And then the question becomes why did they do it? Was it because they want more rioting? And they know they'll get more rioting if they don't get a conviction. So let's make it harder to convict. What is your thought on this whole process?
0: Well, my first thought is the prosecutor is virtue signaling. Uh, No, I'm. I have very little sympathy for the the kinds of cops who get off. They they join the force and because they are sadists who get off on trying to inflict harm and pain on others. And I'm not I I don't have any more information than the official reports, which, frankly, the fact that they're official means that um, I'm skeptical uh, but it doesn't sound like these were particularly good people, and I'm generally okay with throwing the book at bad people when they do bad things. However, the justice system never, ever moves this fast, and that this prosecutor not only, you know, the, and, and the, the thin blue line and qualified immunity being what it is, the justice system hardly ever moves in this direction at all. Uh, which tells me that it was, in fact, the unrest that resulted from this George Floyd thing was the reason why the cops got charges so quickly, why the cops involved uh, were fired, why the prosecutor is now bending over backwards to appear to be virtuous for this and that and the other thing The if if there weren't riots involved, I have no doubt that this would have taken a month for charges to be brought. The charges would be, you know, slap on the wrist, sign some papers, promise not to do it again. And then you can be back on the street on duty within 10 minutes. That that's th- there is, there is in fact something structurally wrong with a, a lot of police forces in this country, but this entire defund the police, let's, you know, have no cops in the entire country is, really really short-sighted i i can't imagine that the people who are saying that you know we need to ban all cops they they really haven't thought that through
1: well they have i think because they're the same people including aoc that wanted to defund trust me she has
0: never thought anything through in her life
1: (laughs) well no but the people feeding her her ideas certainly have and the concept of that which came along much before this was defund the prisons, get rid of prisons. We don't need prisons. All the money we're spending on prisons, we could put into programs to help minorities and to prevent people from ever committing crimes, which is such an interesting but misguided thought that we can do something to the world, to our citizens to make it where they will never commit violent crimes we're we're admitting or or, we're trying to admit in that point that this is all due to nurture i guess over nature because if it's nature causing people to commit crimes is just a part of their dna and they're bad people well then this doesn't make sense so they're going really into one category of this is all nurture it's all the upbringing which, again, people were called racist for how many years and say, well, you know why there's so much black crime? It's the lack of the family unit. It's so many one-parent households. It's so many parents that aren't paying any attention to their children. But they're admitting it with this concept of, well, you know, if we abolish the prisons and just put the money into programs to help the underprivileged, well, then nobody would ever commit crime. And I think that's just laughable because I don't believe that's true. And this now, going to well defund all police there. Yes, I believe it's one very short sighted, but I do believe there's going to be a city municipality of some size in the United States that's going to be the first guinea pig that's actually going to try this. And you know what's going to happen to that city it well, is going I know, to burn down.
0: I, it depends if it's run by Democrats. Yes, yes, it will. Uh, it, I, the first place, by the way, that can work but there are a couple criterias and and the first place it will probably work is in a flyover state if it if it, anybody tries it and the reason is that the the requirements for getting something like that to work is uh first of all everybody has to uh take personal responsibility for themselves and for their part in the community which uh, for one automatically puts a limit on the upper size of a community that this can work in it'll never work in a city of 6 million people because nobody cares about their neighbors. There's too many of them. Humans are not physically capable of caring about that many people. You could probably do it with a village of up to 1,200 people. I, I mean, maybe. I mean, even then, you don't know everybody, but you know somebody who knows somebody. You know, Every person you've got somebody in common with. And, and And that leads to caring about the community. But the other thing and the other part of being responsible for yourself and others is everybody has to be armed. Yes. If, if everybody in the community is always armed and just expected, then even the bad people, uh, whether it be by nature or nurture, there will be bad people. Every group of people, there are some bad ones, but if they know for certain that if they try to hold up a convenience store, they're going to get shot by six different people before they can even get to the cash register, you're going to see some mighty polite people and low crime rates. <laughs> you would think so. Uh, but then, the, I, the way, I don't have to think so. That is exactly how it happens everywhere that you have a, a, a heavily armed population. You know, look at West Texas. Look at, uh, you know, uh, Northern Mexico, where aside from organized crime, there's very little actual crime because people are armed. Um,
1: well, but that's it. Everybody becomes the police at this point. I mean, I yeah. looked and did a quick social media search and a quick uh, uh, you know google duck duck go search for you know is there any country out there that doesn't have some sort of police force and the answer seems to be no if it's a civilized society and i mean people were even bringing but there's out, the problem <laughs> well, right, but they're like even in afghanistan there's going to be a warlord in charge of the area and his people are going to pretty much act as the cops you know they're the ones that are deciding that what you do or what you can't do, whether that is allowed or not. But this this thing with George Floyd, it's like I think he deserves justice, and I believe in this particular case, which is maybe why this. I don't has think gone, there's
0: a chance in hell of him getting justice.
1: Well, there is no the, justice the, the when most, somebody kills you.
0: Well, there's that. But but I mean, even in this case, the most that anybody can really hope for at this point is that the public lynching occurs and is over quickly, because I don't I don't think I think justice left the moment that this thing started to become both political and emotional. Well, the
1: bizarre thing about this is the actions taken against him seem to be by the police playbook in Minneapolis. It was it, it came to light. I forget what the source was. And maybe this is wrong. Anybody can feel free to correct me. But the whole uh, knee on the neck thing is not recommended, but it is available to police in extreme cases to try. Yeah, it's to subdue it's a available suspect. to
0: MMA fighters, too. That doesn't mean it's the best technique always. Right.
1: Which is I mean, this is, again, when you're looking at getting a conviction, you have the events seem to be sanctioned. The length of time of the events is where the problem really comes in, because I can subdue you. I can put my hand around your neck. And once I get you subdued, you have to let you breathe. You know, this is
0: the- uh, you, you, you try that and you're going to see the, the business end <laughs> of my magazine.
1: Well, which one Vogue? What are you reading today? Glamour <laughs> Cosmopolitan? One of those, I'm sure. Playboy. But this is, you know, the bizarre part. It's like, OK, what do these cops do wrong going by the playbook i understand they killed a guy don't get me wrong but i'm going to look into the future when this goes to court and the defense is going to be well, we had to subdue him and i do believe that he did resist there is no video of this at this point but i do believe that happened and i'm sure there's body cam footage that we will see that he resisted which is how he went from in the car to on the ground
0: Just to be clear, resisting in this case would be like what? Trying to suck air into his lungs while they're trying to prevent that?
1: No, this was before they got him on the ground. Stop resisting.
0: Stop resisting.
1: Before they got him on the ground. Because there, there was the story of this is at one point they had him handcuffed and sitting quietly on the sidewalk. Now, how that went from that to they tried to put him in the car and then he went nuts is I don't know. That part of the story does not seem clear, but I do believe we'll find out more when this gets to court. I just worry that the technicalities are going to be the downfall and raising this level to second degree murder is going to be the downfall. It's the cops are going to get off, they're not going to get as tough of a sentence as they should and the rioting is going to resume probably with more gasoline on the fire. And in this case, I do believe it's pretty cut and dry to anybody that has seen the video, what happened here because the guy became non-responsive. It wasn't a case of we took the guy down, he was resisting, we were on him for 30 seconds and he died. It's the amount of time they were on him.
0: I, I'm I'm not sure that we're ever going to get the real story of what happened. Uh you know the the conspiratorial part of me says that the entire reason that the that the charges were changed was so that, uh, you know, whoever is pulling the strings in the cop shop there can have an easier time of getting the cops off. I mean, I I don't necessarily believe that, but that's a great conspiracy theory. It's entertaining. I could write a short story about it. Uh, but to be honest, what the, the George Floyd or George Soros or whatever the hell, whoever was that died there, um, that is by far the least interesting part of this entire rioting system and i'd like to spend some time uh talking about the incredible level of virtue signaling on the part of corporations on the part of of city managers mayors uh politicians uh, practically everybody in this one who are jumping on the bandwagon falling all over themselves to to put a black square over their face and change their facebook icon and and uh like what what do you think of the 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 funds for example to bail out looters
1: that is insane but i did i unfollowed multiple musicians and bands who changed their thing to a black square because i just can't handle that um and a few people that were acquaintances also the same thing unfollow get rid of I have no time. And then somebody who just kept posting about how great it was under Obama. And I'm like, you know, it wasn't that great
0: under Obama.
1: The same kind of stuff uh,
0: happened. Maybe it was if you were living under a black square the whole time.
1: Yeah, I guess. I guess. I mean, but the the concept with this particular case is you're hearing, which is why the virtue signaling is going on. You're hearing the concept in the mainstream media and from the activists. That there is a huge problem in the United States with cops killing black people. And if you listen to Random Thoughts, which I know you did, but I looked at the stats.
0: I, I can neither confirm nor deny that.
1: I looked at the stats, and last year, there were 1,004 killings by police officers. 235 people were black, 370 were white, 158 Hispanic, 38 other 202 unknown. So you could even say if that 202 unknown, throw that all into the black category. I don't care. So at the massive amount, that would be 435, somewhere between 235 and 435 last year. We don't know how many of those were killed by black cops because that stat isn't there. And there are black cops, believe it or not, there's plenty of them in the Chicago area. And we don't have that stat. So the concept that the police are hunting down blacks just is not true when you strictly look at the statistics are black people hassled more by the police i have no doubt about that especially in you know but nicer do, do, areas
0: do, do do black people commit more crimes
1: that seems to be also the statistics would say yes
0: they, <laughs> and and you could say that you know you, you could even argue that uh, black people just get caught more often than, you know, may, maybe there are roving gangs of white people terrorizing the suburbs who just don't get caught because the police are racist. I don't know. I don't live in a suburb like that, at least, you know, not one that that's willing to come up to my door. But um, I, you know, uh, I, I have to I have to rant. I, I hope you don't mind. No, and if you it, do, it's, it's
1: never enough. stopped you before.
0: No, it wouldn't stop me uh every time that you come out with statistics you know especially statistic based on on race or some demographic group pretty much any demographic statistic the the very first thing that you have to do is you have to draw an arbitrary line around different individuals and say okay i have created this category and this category and this category and you're going in here and you're going in here and you can even create objective criteria to sort people into category like say uh the brown paper bag test or something like that or uh you know can can you trace your genealogy to somebody who was actually a slave or somebody who merely came over from africa afterward those might even be objective tests no matter how hard they are to universally apply uh but if you are the one defining the test defining the demographic group you are the one who has the power to introduce bias into the system. And that is ultimately the problem with, with every, every statistic that you see about demographics is, Oh, you know, black people blah, 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 and white people, blah, blah, blah. And if you dig in deep enough, there's lots of opportunity for, uh, yeah. And race is actually one of the most objective, uh, decisions because everybody, believes that they can tell race at a glance. So that's really easy. It's also one of the most superficial because frankly, there's good and bad people no matter where you came from. But if you are the one who sort people into demographic groups to make statistics about it, your biases are the ones that are in those statistics. And it's a reason why I don't trust most demographic statistics. When somebody says, Oh, well, black people are 27% more likely to move in. And I'm like, Oh, Okay, so you're you're starting from a discriminatory concept and then also you know it goes back to the old thing that that i always had when i was in in programming especially in testing and that is that you never write a test that you don't know what you're going to do with the data uh you know uh black people are are three percent less likely to pick their noses in public well why would you ever collect those statistics unless you're making some decision based on it and what decision is that going to be and is that decision going to be an equitable one I'm, I I'm I am so tired of the word racism being bandied about like it's a 50 percent off sale and, and buy one get one at the grocery store or, or you know it's hello hi racist it's it's too freaking common too many people talking about race and it's not just Oh, you're racist, which which if you're one person, you can say that racism is uh, it, it, that you're white and therefore you're in a power structure that that, uh, and it's, you know, another person thinks that racism is uh, that you're discriminating based on skin color. And another person thinks that racism is a, a really great term to just throw out on Facebook to piss people off. And maybe that's. Th- it, but I, I'm so tired of people talking about race why? why is race so damned important in this country? We're people and every time that you classify me into a racial group, you are dehumanizing me you're taking away my individuality because I am not defined by my demographic groups the ones that you made up and the ones that you decided are are you know, put your bias into, I am defined because I am me. And why don't you let my actions determine how you think about me rather than prejudging me based on skin color or based on my gender or based on anything else. I'm going to finish this with a, a quote from Thomas Sowell, who said, if you've always believed that everyone should play by the same rules and be judged by the same standards that would have got you labeled a radical 60 years ago a liberal 30 years ago and a racist today.
1: (laughs) You know, it's because, and I'll send everybody right back to reading what the weather underground put out in the 1960s. And I know this is a broken record for me, but part of the deal was the cops are bad. The cops are the pigs and you have to separate the black and the white, which is, I believe why we hear about race. From the so-called liberals it's not because they are not racist i believe a lot of liberals are the most racist people in the world but they're using this objectively so to further their political gains and it makes perfect sense because you're absolutely right we talk about race when you talk about crime in the united states the reality is it's a much bigger indicator how much money you have in your pocket and in your bank account of whether you're going to be committing crimes or not it is a much bigger economic thing but if we just say hey it's the poor people well then the white the black the hispanics the asians everybody that are poor could get together and be like screw you man we're we're, we're unified but this is why we pit everybody together it, it, or against each other is for that political gain, because that's how the Democrats count on the black vote. No matter what, Joe Biden, man, you ain't black if you don't vote for Joe Biden. That is not a misspeaking. That isn't Joe being crazy. Joe and not knowing what he's saying. That is Joe forgetting that maybe you don't want to tell people that is the Democrat way of thinking that if you don't vote for me, you ain't black. You don't vote Democrat. You ain't black. Yeah, well,
0: I don't want to talk, talk about, about Biden, Biden anymore, <laughs> either. That guy would forget where his left hand was. If he didn't po- have the yeah. Secret Service to remind him quite possibly. But it's about money. It's about and money. Here's it's here's about a hint. Education. It has to do with Tara Reid. And I'm not going to say any more there.
1: It's this is about racism is more about money. It is more about education. And I know that's something a lot of people don't want to hear, that it's about education, getting forward in America, you know, pulling yourself up by your bootstraps and being successful takes education i'm not saying you even have to go to college but you better get through high school and you better continue your education on your own i think that the the system of colleges universities and all of this um education system that is built up is a bunch of bullcrap it's a lot of money for the end result is most kids that go through it don't really learn a whole lot and i think that's just a system that's designed to you know, make people a whole lot poorer while putting money into overall very liberal hands as well, the people that work and run most of these institutions. But it is about what you know being able to get a job, being able to um, know what you have to do. And a big part of that is not thinking of yourself as a victim, not thinking of yourself as somebody that needs a handout. And there are plenty of people in the black community that have made big money and made big careers and made big things out of themselves because there's nothing stopping you in the law of the land of the United States. Are there prejudices? Sure. There's prejudices everywhere.
0: Right, right there. You 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 did exactly what what I was railing against a moment ago. You you used the phrase the black community. What the heck does that mean?
1: <laughs> people in the community that are black. They have to I, me That's you have the same exact okay, opportunity okay, but that, depending, that, that's very very distinct
0: you know there, there are people in my community that are black um but i don't necessarily think that that the city where i live is a black community those feel like different concepts
1: well you need I, to talk to some black people because they do believe that there is a black community and they feel that there is a unity there and i i can't blame anybody for that because as i talked about on random thoughts you look at average people, you look at your friends, you look at people you hang out with and people that you like. Most of the time, it's a lot like a mirror. You're looking back at people that are very much like you, like the same music, like the same, you know, sports and whatever. There is a certain reflection of yourself coming back with the people that you hang out with. There's not a lot of groups of friends that. You know, like this, You maybe see on TV now in a lot of these shows where the group of friends is all completely diverse people who have nothing in common, but somehow they come together as a crazy ragtag band of misfits.
0: That's that only not, happens in Hollywood.
1: <laughs> right. It doesn't happen in the real world because <laughs> I, I, there is I, communities.
0: I hang out with some blowhard from south of Chicago.
1: Virtually. I, I, I mean, talk, we, I don't know if we'd let virtually. you into the city.
0: No, I, th- I wouldn't want to go into the city.
1: <laughs> there are good ribs.
0: Have I ever discussed, I don't know if I've ever discussed on the show, uh, my, uh, the, the distinction that I made in order to reconcile the new and old definitions of the word racism.
1: I don't believe so.
0: So I, I came up with the concept of objective racism and subjective racism. And the, the difference is that, uh, objective racism is discriminating. Uh, against or or in favor of people based on race and that's kind of the definition that we all learned a long time ago those of us who are old enough to remember that that that's what racism meant but but that i consider to be objective racism in uh in contrast to what i call subjective racism which is where you make determinations based on race taking into account social power structures and societal norms and and which races have more power and and which ones have historically been it it's bringing in all sorts of context that you can use to bend your definition in and i i I call that and and there's there's a lot of of academic thought about that concept right there and I I classify it all as subjective racism because it's bringing in a whole lot of other context other than are you discriminating somebody based on race. So I feel like it's a a pretty valuable term. Uh it now the problem with the subjective racism at least from from where I sit is that it is almost impossible to define with any kind of 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 rational uh, definition because all you have to you you have full control over what power structures you consider and what time frame you are looking at for history and uh what you know if if you consider uh racism uh that takes into context the american period from 1780 to 1880 then you know that that one century mark then you're right may you know under that definition we owe the ados people reparations but maybe if you take into account the history from say africa in the 1650s then maybe those people owe each other reparations because tribes were enslaving people left and right all the time uh, maybe if we take into account the, you know, the North America from uh, 1510 to 1640, uh, th- that's when the Europeans came in and conquered Native Americans or the, the people who were here before. And now that's who has the power. structure. You, you're seeing what I'm getting at, which is that if if you once you start to take into account some kind of power structure, you can make any conclusion you want, which I honestly think is the intention for these people um no kidding you you, you also mentioned uh
1: well but before you, you move on i just want to say when it comes is- to the reparations now the guy that owns bet or started bet i don't know if he still is running it wants 14 trillion dollars for reparations and that would fix everything that's going on in america yeah, I want
0: $14 trillion of reparations, too.
1: Yeah. Is this not obvious, though, of what the answer is in this case? It's money. People this, in hell
0: want ice water.
1: It's this is socialism. Again, this is redistribution of wealth. This is everything these people do, everything these assholes go out there and protest. It doesn't matter if it's global warming. It's about redistribution of wealth. If it's about racism, it's about redistribution of wealth. Everything. It's about redistribution of wealth at the very heart of it, and if people can't figure that out yet, they're missing. I
0: think. I think you just cracked the leftist code. And you think <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, everything is an excuse to redistribute wealth? That's yeah. Um, this isn't that, making yeah. anything
1: better, and I mean, I get so, it. I understand why people. Uh, you know, when I was big into watching baseball, you know, I was a White Sox fan. You walk around, especially when the White Sox are playing the Cubs. Screw the Cub fans. They're them. I'm me. I have a tribe. I have a community. I'm White Sox fans. And so I see, understand. See, there
0: you go, defining defining demographic groups again.
1: Because people do, and there is a thing, and that's the way people see themselves. And this, I think, is where the problem is, though, because the people that I see that stand up, and Mo Fax is one of them, uh, Candace Owens, um, a guy that works with my wife, I'll say the same thing, which is, I don't really see myself as African American. I wasn't born in Africa. I'm an American, and if everybody can just see themselves as Americans, a lot of this shit goes away. A lot of these problems go away. It is the division, which isn't even real, which is the the funny part of this whole thing. This is not real. This is all stuff that you've been fed mainly through the media that
0: absolutely. Worked. And it's all for political power, because. You can get somebody on your side by offering them free stuff. And in this case, offering them free stuff is is convincing them that their ancestors were oppressed and therefore you're owed some money. And, you know, if you follow me, you might get some of that money. And suddenly you've got a political ally for life.
1: Yeah. And well, uh, and- I don't think you saw the, or the video or heard the audio when Rush Limbaugh went on to the breakfast club with Charlemagne, the God and whoever else is on the breakfast club. I don't know their names. I know that's probably racist of me not to know their names, but no, it's just
0: forgetful. And who cares?
1: Rush was putting out the point that America is the most fair nation in the world. And I believe that's true. I believe anybody in America can make it. Will there be obstacles? Sure. But that's the same for everybody. Might there be more obstacles for certain demographic groups? Sure. But you still have the opportunity to Not only survive but thrive here more than in any other country in the world. And what Charlemagne and the other people kept throwing back at him was, "Yeah, rush, but you know we have to get rid of this systematic racism." So here's my question to you: Where is this systematic racism, and how do we fix it? Because nobody ever gives Uh, a specific example of
0: it's it's in the minds of people who have been brainwashed by people with political axes to grind uh, about you know, using race to gain political power. That is where this systematic racism is. And the way that we get rid of it, I don't know. Um, I'd hate to think that jettisoning an entire generation is the right way to go because frankly, every one of us knows some millennials who managed to escape, you know, it, and, I, I, and frankly, you know, as, as an older generation now myself, I'm, I'm starting to completely identify with, the clarion call that has been heard from older generations, uh, throughout history, which is young people today, rah, 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 rah. And, um, you know, I-, I escaped public school with my attitude intact. And I know lots of people do. Um, but maybe, I mean, maybe we jettison half of academia. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe we shut down the indoctrination palaces and, Uh, You you know, there might not be hope for a a large, large number of people today who have already been brainwashed. And, And the problem is that these people are voting and even taking office now. But it's not everybody. And there's certainly a lot of people out there who looked at this and went, this doesn't make any sense, and then made up their own minds. And I applaud those people, no matter what age they are.
1: Well, yes, it's an easy excuse. Well, there's systematic racism. We have to get rid of it. Well, where is there systematic racism? Show me the exact bricks that make up this systematic racism. And I will help you destroy those bricks and bring the whole thing down.
0: You, you mentioned uh, a few minutes ago, it was, it was almost a throwaway line. You said something about, uh, you know, the Democrats are the more racist party. And, and I actually want to give uh, a rational line of reasoning why that seems to be the case. Uh, and it, it starts with the, the, you know, like so many of our social problems, it starts with the nature of the human brain. The human brain is a decision making device. The human brain, strictly through reflex, through no conscious decision of your own, takes whatever inputs you're looking at, whatever inputs you're thinking about, whatever things you're doing, and makes decisions based on that. Now, some more fragile people would call that reflex judging. And you know me, I don't judge, but everybody else does. And so, Whatever you're thinking about, you are constantly applying your previous experiences, you're applying your biases, you're applying everything, and you are coming to conclusions. You are constantly judging everything that you think about. It's what humans do. You can't claim that you're, you're not doing it. If, if you're not, then you're brain dead. You're, you're a vegetable on a, on a breathing machine. It, it's just something. It's a characteristic of people. So. How do you not judge people based on their race? Well, I just said you judge everything you think about the only possible way to avoid constantly, permanently judging people based on their race is to not be thinking about people's race. It is the, if you are thinking about someone's race, you are judging them on it. Now, which demographic, as long as we're carving people into groups, which demographic in this country are constantly thinking about race 24 seven. It's on their mind. Every time they look at somebody, they don't see a human. They see a black person or a Latino or a homophobe or anything else. Wh- which group is that?
1: I don't think they see any of that. I think they see a vote. I believe it's the Democratic lawmakers. Uh, oh, that,
0: that is <laughs> that is the elites. And I do make a distinction between the average brainwashed Democrat voter and the Democrats who actually have something to gain. And the the former group, I think, could be redeemed by showing them the error of their ways, but only if we jettison the latter group out of an airlock. And I just, I mean, every single person. And and by the way, Democrats are not the only politicians who are crooked, corrupt, and all need to be sent away from where we are fact uh, check true yeah everybody everybody who is capable of getting elected to office is at least a little bit corrupt because that's kind of the system that's required the other thing is that the only job requirement for being a politician is being able to get elected where we're seeing that with the governors and city managers today where they don't have a freaking clue how to be a leader, how to lead a large group of people, how to react in a crisis. They have no idea that was never in the job requirement. The only thing in the job requirement is how do I pander to the maximum amount of people to get my ass elected into this position? And they did that pretty well. Good luck. Yeah.
1: and I mean, I don't think you can take the whole judging thing out of people's brains either. Um, I mean, I think one, the most nefarious thing going on in all of academia is our children being taught that you know the white kids are being taught that they have white privilege and they're bad and they did all their ancestors did really bad things and then the blacks and kids are being taught well the white kids they did all this to us and it's a constant keeping up of the problem rather than just letting kids beat you know most of the times if you let kids play together they don't care if their friends are black white red yellow purple doesn't matter
0: that is straight up child cruelty, by the way. You are forcing kids to feel shame for something that they didn't do. Yes. Uh, you know what? I I, I don't know. I, I uh, Believe it or not, I refuse to learn my genealogy, uh, at least partly because it doesn't matter, and partly because somebody is going to try to hold that against me, and- it is very possible that somewhere in the history of the, you know, you go back what, eight generations and there's what, two to the eighth, uh, 250 people that I'm related to. I'm, I'm allowing for a little bit of incest. Um, then
1: the Bemrose clan, what you need to know
0: <laughs> I, of those 250 people. It is very theoretically possible. Maybe I don't know that one of them owned a slave. Does that make me a bad person? Well, no, because I've never owned a slave. I've never wanted a slave. I could barely manage myself. I don't want to manage another person. Right. Okay. Now, and this,
1: and for uh, going to that point, exactly want your mind to be blown when somebody commits a violent crime and goes to prison, they get out, they've been rehabilitated. Everybody tells you, well, you should, you should treat them like a normal citizen. Why? You won't treat people. Like a regular citizen, because of what their ancestors twenty people back did, you know, it's like you can't have it both ways. It's like you can't. and, and
0: Bemlet is reminding me that our family actually came from Scandinavia.
1: Ah, those are no good. Um, yeah, but you know, I
0: I get this. You can't I? I can't make a, a good argument about racism from that. So I'm just going to assume that we were all from <laughs> slave owning south or something.
1: Well, I think everybody. Again, you're you're it's a mirror thing. If you're walking down the street, you're going to be judging people. Race is one of the things you're going to notice. My wife and I were having a conversation about this kind of stuff, and she's like, well, you know, you know, I don't really, you know, see myself as racist. She's like, but if I'm walking down the street and I see a black guy walking the other way versus a white guy coming the other way, you know, I think I'm a little bit more you know, fearful of the black guy. And I'm like, OK, but is that really true now? If you put a Armani suit on the black guy, are you still afraid of him? And if you put, you know, a wife beater and he's carrying a bat, you know, the, I mean, granted, weapons are adding to this, um, take the bat out yeah. of the situation. Uh,
0: how, how about, how about a backward hat and a uh, waistline down at their knees? Yes. You know, that's the, a of, pretty good stereotype of the white guy coming the other not, way. It's not, like, not my- that I judge, but those people look <laughs> like idiots.
1: Yeah, they do. But
0: it's like that, you
1: know, again, this is the economic aspect of it. It's like you're not afraid because they're black. You're afraid of what you're seeing coming at you. Now, there's if they're dressed, you know, like gangbangers. And then that's a different thing. So economics is a big, big part of it. And I think most people are that way where it's like, well, I don't I don't want to feel like I'm racist, but, you know, I'll judge people. It's like you're judging them on the whole package. Now, if you are just judging them, if you see a guy coming at you in a $1000 suit just because he's black you're afraid well then maybe you're a little racist but i think most people are reacting to everything else around them and race isn't the number one thing they're looking at but maybe i'm wrong um, maybe i'm just I, colorblind i don't know
0: I, I i don't think i don't i don't personally consider this racism but if i see somebody who is black who is in a $1000 suit my first thought would be that guy's probably a banker and i don't trust him
1: <laughs> or a basketball player if you want Maybe. to be like a gummy nerd saying and that's then, a racist uh
0: well and and if uh, you know if basketball player then okay you you got your you got your money banker basketball player politician they all get their money from corrupt institutions
1: I mean it's an interesting thing with Chicago I mean we just watched the Michael Lots Jordan of
0: things are interesting with Chicago Yeah
1: we watched the 10 episode ESPN thing Michael Jordan the documentary and Michael Jordan was and is still pretty much a god In Chicago. And I just wonder, it's like everybody in Chicago seems to like Michael Jordan. I'm sure there's still some racists out there in Chicago. Don't get me wrong, but Michael Jordan. In Chicago? No. Can you believe it? I mean, some, you know, and, but it's like Michael Jordan, the biggest basketball player ever in Chicago, literally a deity. Everybody loves Michael Jordan. I remember when he came to play for the White Sox in spring training. I mean, it was almost like people were going to kill you just to get close to him to get an autograph. The mania was absolutely real, and I just don't know. Can you be a tried-and-true KKK-type racist and still like Michael Jordan? I don't know. How does this work?
0: I, 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 I can't answer that question. In fact, I take the fifth. I refuse to answer that question <laughs> on the grounds that it would probably incriminate me.
1: Or drink the fifth. That may be better. I,
0: I, yes, I choose to drink the fifth.
1: Which is why, you know, sports, I mean, granted, baseball's going down the toilet because they're fighting about money at this point, which is really... A delightful thing to be fighting about after, well, we're still during COVID, even though the media is not covering it. And in the middle of these kind of riots, baseball is one place that can bring people together. Basketball, all the sports are, uh, well, except maybe hockey is not all that integrated. I mean, the-
0: I'm, I'm liking baseball this year. My, my local hometown team, the Seattle Mariners, have an undefeated season. It's the best season they've had in 15 years.
1: Yeah. And the tickets are really cheap when there are no games. And you don't yeah. have to pay six bucks for a bottle of water, but I digress. You know, there's a lot of things that can bring people together, which is why, before Grumpy Old Bands, before we started this show live on the No Agenda stream at noagendastream.com, I was playing music from Black Artists for like an hour before the show because it's a way to bring people together. This is something that all people can have in common. And there's a lot of people that like a wide variety of music. I do. And we remember the crazy stories. Remember, it was. During Grumpy Old Pants, because we talked about the girl, the white girl that was called up on stage at a Kendrick Lamar concert, I think it was, and dared to sing the word, the N word. And I'm going to say that because I know it annoys you rather than saying the word, but she dared to sing that, which were the lyrics, and then was immediately blasted for doing so. And I still don't understand how that all works out that a white girl at a concert for a black artist singing along to the song she loves. Makes her a racist. I, I just,
0: I I just want to get this straight. In in order to bring everybody together, you played music selected from one particular demographic group.
1: Yes. Well, and then I played the and that's Beastie not boys, which are a bunch of Jewish guys doing black music. I mean, that's <laughs> you know, I mean, this is the great thing about music. Anybody can do anything. And I thought I thought, can't, it, was, I thought it was a I, good I way. Can't even I thought it was a good way to get ready for Grumpy Old Ben's. Come on. I normally play a despite lot of angry, many, uh, angry white guy music, you know, like a long hair, Ted Nugent, heavy metal kind of stuff. So, you know, it's nice to have that diversity.
0: D- despite many attempts in my life, I have never actually sang a single note.
1: <laughs> and we're hoping that never, ever changes.
0: <laughs> well, you know, someday if I actually manage to sing a note properly, then then uh, it, it might be less horrible for people like Bemlu to have to listen to me while we're playing Borderlands.
1: Well, I mean, that's just a way to get your opponent to just be distracted and run while you shoot them virtually in the game. We're not advocating violence here. I mean, I'm surprised nobody's talking about that We're yet not. video games and violence. It'll be something we can uh, put on the docket here. But in the United States, and I talked about this in Random Thoughts 800,000 police officers. And that means out of the 1,004 police killings across all of the ethnic groups, all of the demographics, That means that the police officer, the average cop, has a 0.125% chance of being involved in a killing in any given year, which is a pretty low number when when it comes down to it. So the thought of that this is some kind of epidemic, and that's the number for all, that's the number for everybody. It's almost as if
0: the the vast majority of police officers, just like the vast majority of normal people of of humans on the planet, are perfectly decent folk who will try to deescalate a situation and otherwise don't want to resort to violence unless they absolutely have to. It it's almost like most people are decent and police are people. And so, yeah, the statistics kind of bear that out. They
1: bear that out without a doubt. And I mean, Bill O'Reilly, who I've been watching a lot lately, said, you know, he believes that maybe up to 10 percent of cops are bad. And to be honest, that's a pretty frightening number. That that seems high. Yes. But if you even if you guess that and you say, okay, that seems high. So we're going to go on the high end of our estimation. That would be 80,000 cops.
0: I I would speculate. I I, I think 10 percent seems high, but at the same time. You know, in some in some precincts that might be low because of cultural issues and in some places I you know that that, that's very high. But in general, I think it can be safely assumed that most places there's going to be a couple of bad apples who make it into an otherwise group of people who signed on because they want to help out their community.
1: The amount of people that want to defund the police, though. Now, this is where the intriguing thing comes. I mean, the list Goes down here. John Legend, Natalie Portman, Common, Jane Fonda. I mean, you gotta love Jane Fonda. America Ferrera, Brie Larson, and the director of the ACLU, Anthony Romero, want to defund the police department. And I want to know can, how. Can, can I ask a question? Sure. I, I don't know. Can you? If my uh, uh, what, junior high well, principal the, would the, ask
0: the celebrities you just named, yeah. Um, w- would you ask them? to come over to your house and uh replace a plumbing fitting no or or rewire uh electrical or install a, a some shower tile
1: the electrical sure if i wanted would, the house burned down
0: <laughs> what okay how about this what, would you ask them to come over and defend your home in the case that there was a crime going on at the time no but i would almost then bet you why why do people listen to these idiots who are celebrities because they are, have exactly one skill, which is looking pretty on camera. Why would anybody care what these idiots say about how to run a city?
1: So you think John Legend and Common are pretty? That's interesting, but that's something we'd talk about in another show. But I bet you all of these celebrities have paid people as bodyguards to protect them. So this kind of seems a little bit hypocritical. And I want to know how any woman that's been attacked or raped feels by you don't need the police there to help you. I want to know anybody who's had their car stolen, how they feel when there's gonna be no police there to help you. When your house is broken well, you, into and there's no police there to help you.
0: You know that the the logical extension of abolishing or defunding police departments is the rise of private security companies, which is is a bit of a libertarian uh paradise goal um but i think a lot of people would definitely disagree especially with the you know the on on equality grounds because you're right these celebrities can totally afford their private police but how many people want to budget for that
1: right i mean uh, taylor swift is one of them as well and i know that she has ex-secret service agents protecting her there was a story a few years ago how they had the apartment next to her in New York that there was always secret service around because of the threats against her crazy stalker fans so you know the rest of us don't have the money to have ex secret service around all the time so we rely on ourselves so which is why everybody should be armed and we rely on the police cuz we got to call somebody after we cap the people that break into our house
0: i'm going to i'm going to briefly go down the the list of uh defunding the police stories that all caught my eye while i was Reading about this, they they ended up in my notes, but I can't say I really did research because this this crap jumped out at me. Um, in Los Angeles uh, Mayor Eric Garcetti said uh, uh, suggested that they were going to cut 100 to 150 million dollars from LAPD and reinvested in communities of color. Don't know what exactly reinvesting in communities of color is. To me, sounds kind of racist, and also sounds extremely wasteful. Because what are you going to do? I doubt they're going to build parks. Sounds more like handing out money, but whatever. Um, He also issued a moratorium on putting people in a gang database so that other cities in California no longer know when somebody is, is known to be a gang member, apparently. So this Um, is
1: not only just saying defund the police. This is saying don't prosecute criminals.
0: Yeah. Well, that that's, that's been the, the, the Soros funded, uh, prosecutors that have gotten in, in a lot of these places, that's exactly what they're doing. You know, San Francisco saying, I'm sorry if uh, unless somebody uh, costs you more than what, what is it now? $1,500 like, if if the crime is less than $1,500, we're not even going to prosecute it. So somebody can walk in and, and swipe an entire case, you know, an entire display worth of uh, something from your convenience store. They could, they could roll out a freezer worth of beer and they're like, you're like, well, what are you out? I don't know. That freezer cost uh, $1,200 and there's probably $300 worth of merchandise in it. Like, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, we're not going to bother prosecuting it. So just go buy yourself another one. That That is exactly what's happening.
1: Right. Because you shouldn't have property and your money is meaningless. How dare you have money when but, other people don't?
0: So Mayor Garcetti wants police to, uh, I- instead of confronting people when they have a a police contact, which usually means the police going, Hey, notice you stealing that car. Stop it. That, that's a police contact. And mayor Garcetti wants police to now, uh, develop long-term relationships with community members. I'm sorry. It, when you arrest the same guy seven times for the same crime, because the prosecutor refuses to press charges, that sounds like a pretty damn long-term relationship to me. But what do I know about policing? Um, uh, but I wanted to call out there's, there's another uh, um, another story that popped up was uh, from New York. Same thing where uh, um, the city is now talking about some major budget cuts. And one of the big places that they want to cut the budget is uh, uh, the NYPD. So, uh, so we've got LA and New York already. And I want to tell you, um, I saw a documentary uh, that starred Kurt Russell in it. And uh, the documentary (laughs) was, was like, Uh, There was escape from New York York, and then escape from LA, which was exactly this situation. It was, what if New York was a lawless crap hole? What if LA was a lawless? Well, the LA one was great because there was an earthquake that turned it into an island. I can't think of anything better, but uh, in both cases, it didn't work out so well for most of the people in there. It's just like, this is what happens when New York and LA cut all their police, but go on. Right, because
1: again, they're going back to, well, you know, if we just invest and we talk nicely to people, this is the same people that thought when Barack Obama became president that every other nation would all of a sudden respect us again and we would stop being attacked by the terrorist types because, you know, we're so woke and this doesn't well, work. This does not there, work.
0: <laughs> there, there are certain people who, uh, you know, especially a lot of nations that are uh eu for example that are run by uh people who are even farther left than what we find in america and they very much respected america for v- becoming woke under barack obama there are other nations that are run by people who only uh only respect force and those people laughed at obama all the way to the weapon yard and then you know you end up with funny thing uh you know ronald reagan was the first one that this happened with but uh you know carter was a total pushover and reagan came in and was like stop it and or i'll bomb you and they did because they knew he was serious and then trump came in it's like stop it and well (laughs) sometimes that works
1: well it still works because i mean china really trump had china where he wanted them before covid hit and
0: yeah until they unleashed a biological disaster on us yeah some might say biological warfare
1: but there's a reason why the united states has always been considered the world's police i mean that's been bandied around there was even a uh a comedy movie right world police uh you know a big spoof kind of a thing years back but there's a reason why the police are needed and it is the yeah, I, threat i
0: like the i like the trey parker remake team america
1: yes yes and that is. Uh, You know, the reason why we need police in our general communities and world uh, world round is let me ask. I did some did some research here, which I know is rare, but on crime in America and the latest year we have the stats from the FBI is for 2018. How many violent crimes do you think there were in the United States? Any guess in 2018? Three. Six million three hundred and eighty five thousand five hundred and twenty. So it's a little low. Oh, you were a little low. How many rapes do you think they were in the United uh, States? I don't know. Is Biden included in those statistics? I, well, no, that from twenty eighteen. I don't think. OK,
0: I don't know. I'm going to go with uh, thirty three
1: seven hundred and thirty four thousand six hundred and thirty rapes or sexual yeah. assaults in the United States. I'm,
0: i without- wildly off pulling stats <laughs> out of my butt right now. Yeah.
1: Uh, robberies, 573,000. Assaults, 5 million. A little over 5 million. What do you think these numbers do if you remove police from the equation?
0: Um, I mean, if you completely remove the police, then the incentive structures change entirely. And I bet that goes up because nobody's going to punish people.
1: Bingo, bongo. Ba- well, this is exactly what's happening with these protests in... St. Louis, it's all catch and release. They did not keep
0: anybody. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised they're even catching and releasing. I'm surprised (laughs) the the cops haven't. I mean, in a lot of these cities, I'm surprised that the cops haven't just like thrown their hands up, been like, okay, you know what, the mayor, we're not getting any support from the mayor at all. Just everybody take five.
1: No, well, yeah, that is it. And a lot of the crimes going on are federal crimes, which may end up getting prosecuted. Which is one of the reasons why. You have to think. The Antifa sort doesn't like facial recognition.
0: I i, I don't like facial recognition. Well, you're
1: not <laughs> committing the crimes, but for different reasons. No. There was no, I just, I I, believe no, I don't it was, like it
0: because of government persecution.
1: But the genius was, I think this was in China, I believe, or maybe I'm wrong. I saw somewhere where there was this unrest going on and the police force was spraying blue water. So that way, they knew who was there. And as you were trying I, to get honestly, away, I
0: thought that was really clever.
1: Yes. I'm like, that's genius. Now we know who you were and you're marked. So yeah, that was kind of uh see now that's what it takes. We need a little bit of creativity in our police work.
0: So uh, I, I was going to call out the, the other two stories about police defunding um, that I have. Uh, one is uh, the Minneapolis city council. I think is going the farthest. They said uh, that that the city council is making moves to dismantle the police department and replace it with a transformative new model for public safety. I don't know what that model is necessarily going to look like, uh, but I'm betting it'll be transformative. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, (laughs) The, uh, the other story that I have not really about, uh, defunding, but it has more to do with the, the theme that we've discussed a couple times here on grumpy old Ben's where, uh, Uh, the left seems to eat itself when, when devoid of a common enemy. And, uh, as, as you probably know, because it's a firmly left coast city, um, there really are no Republicans in Seattle Uh, they've all been driven out. And so when you need an enemy and you're a Democrat, you have to come up with somebody. So there is a group in King County, uh, which is the County around Seattle. Uh, called the King County Labor Coalition. It is effectively an organization of unions in Seattle, um in in King County. They uh, all of the you know it being being leftist unions are very strong, and so well, you can't have every union walking around acting like an individual. We have to enforce some kind of of overarching government. So so this is sort of a guild of unions, and I, I hadn't heard of it, but it's crazy. Anyways, um. So they are disciplining one of their own and the one of their own is the uh, the Police Guild the Seattle Police Officers Guild um, the labor coalition passed a resolution that is once uh, the kink the Seattle Police Officers Guild and in particular the Seattle Police Officers Guild's leadership To acknowledge and address racism in law enforcement and the union, or risk being kicked out of the labor coalition, Uh, they are also being asked to participate in work groups focused on addressing racism in the union. Um, This is leftists turning on each other because they don't have anybody else anymore, and they have to they have to put someone down. So one labor union group is eating another labor union. Um, the, the spokesman for the labor coalition said, uh, we want to hear the head of the Seattle police officers guild say that black lives matter, matter and mean it, <laughs> you know, I, I, admittedly, I, I've never joined a union in my life and I really hate the idea that I ever would, would, but th- th- this is, I mean, this is some extortion level. Th- 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 I, I don't know. Well, yeah. I'm just blown away. Okay, so when I was at the fraternity, um, you know, in fraternity leadership, uh, the the fraternities we had something. I, I believe I told the story before that we had a, the Interfraternity Council, which was supposed to be the group that coordinated activities amongst all of the fraternities. But the other thing about the Interfraternity Council was that it was effectively regulatory captured by the university. And kind of behaved like a mouthpiece of the university to us. Um, when we wanted to do something, usually, you know, if we wanted to have a, a party with another house or, or with a sorority or something, you had to go to the Interfraternity Council for their blessing. And in exchange for these blessings, they would say things like, uh, you are required to put on uh, a, a panel amongst your members where you talk about the dangers of alcoholism. And of course we did it because even then, um, you know, even in a fraternity, which is some of the more independent thinking people. Well, of course, uh,
1: of course you did were they, it. But were you drunk when you did the panel? Oh, these? hell yes.
0: Nobody <laughs> took these panels seriously, not a one and everybody knew it was a joke, but we were being forced to virtue signal in exchange for doing something that we wanted. And that is exactly what this situation looks like. It it is, you know, we want you to feel the appropriate level of shame and remorse, and we're going to put sanctions on you unless you do it. Yeah. That is not how motivation and incentives work. I'm just letting you know.
1: No, it is complete virtue signaling. You're seeing this all over the place with all of the companies who decided they had to post things to their social media accounts, standing in solidarity. And the phrase, I mean, the really the sad part of this is the phrase Black Lives Matter has been co-opted by a group who doesn't care about black lives. They care about socialism. You go read their website, which is something I hadn't done, which, again, thanks, Bill O'Reilly, for pointing this out. When you go and look at their manifesto, what they really want, it isn't really about justice. Um, it it, it the, really
0: the destruction of America.
1: Yes, it is. It's about again redistribution uh-huh. of wealth. It's about disbanding the police. It's about disbanding the prison system. And you know, like you said, in Minneapolis, they want to disband the police and then reimagine it with something else. It's like, well, isn't that the police yet again? But then won't they be not as well-trained? And, well, the people you're going to have that are going to be your city monitors, whatever you're going to call these. It takes me back to grammar school when I was, you know, the little hall monitor where you wore the little orange, you know, sash kind of thing. Uh, and this is this what it's going to be? Because here's the thing. They don't think anybody should own guns, but then how are you? your new reimagine police force well then they're not going to be able to have guns because they're going to be citizens and if you're going to let them have guns well they're not trained so this is going to add to more problems and how are you going to make well, sure that the people you're bringing in aren't racist if you think the ones going out are how do you know the ones coming in
0: aren't well i mean the the guns issue is easily solved you just form a coalition with all of the criminals and and convince them that they don't want to have guns either
1: i think it should be a new city rule in minneapolis if they do this that they have to provide every citizen with a gun
0: i that would probably be safer than what they're doing right now
1: well you'd be called racist then if you didn't give them ammo so i think we have to give them at Um, least a year's worth of ammo how much how much is a year's worth of ammo in minneapolis
0: you know fundamentally and structurally i really like the idea of everybody having a gun but there's something else that needs needs to go along with that which is that you don't just hand people guns and be like here you know here find one in your box of cereal no you people need to be trained and you know if there is one good thing one good place that that I think that training with a firearm should be done it's it, public schools I mean if if we're going to be forcing people to go and learn stuff against their will
1: yeah their white how privilege How about we let
0: them learn useful stuff like um You know, how to how to handle the slide on a repeating firearm. What happens when you
1: jam? You need to know
0: these things. Uh, uh, What? And and trigger discipline. Oh, my gosh. Um, Hollywood has gotten a little better at it. But, man, you you know, during this lockdown garbage, uh, I've gone back and. And watched a lot of really terrible movies on Netflix, and of course, I like you know disaster porn and and cheap, crappy action flicks. And the number of people who just casually holding a, a rifle or something with their finger inside the trigger guard, well, delivering lines, are like, you idiot! You're going to shoot somebody. I mean, yeah, the gun's pointed at the ground. You're going to shoot somebody's foot off, though. Get the finger out. Get your booger hook off the bang switch.
1: But it's a movie. It's not real. Nobody pays attention it's to Hollywood.
0: People, that is how people learn to use guns because we stopped introducing them. we in, in this push to never let anybody see a gun. The, the first introduction that most people have to a gun is when they're handed one and be like, here, try not to shoot yourself. And like, I don't know what all these switches do. It- well, just pulse. You know point point the business end somewhere and pull the trigger see what happens no that's not how it works gun is a tool
1: a gun in each hand and they have to be tilted sideways right
0: oh yeah yeah
1: that's the that's the most effective way to go
0: hollywood is absolutely the worst way that people learn but it's the only introduction people have especially you know if you've got you know some of that I, I was being fact checked in the troll room earlier when, when I said that everybody having a gun makes this community safer because uh Digiguru, uh suggested that the South side of Chicago was uh, a counter example, a very safe
1: um, place by the, that yeah, definition where,
0: where apparently everybody has a gun and it's still not entirely safe, believe it or not. And, and that by the way, goes back to my previous point where it also helps to have the community small enough that everybody has some reason to, actually care that anyone else lives uh, which is not something you can have in a community that size it's hardly a community and i I played a video Uh, community is a place where everybody knows each other
1: yeah and i played audio from a woman in dc who was calling out black lives matter and saying you know this whole that they're a bunch of hypocrites because they only care when a white guy kills a black guy in this case george floyd and this brings riots everywhere but come to chicago there are black people shooting black people, kids. A vast majority of the time, you know what we consider kids anyway. That nobody cares about. Why isn't it front page news? If all black lives matter, then you should look at Chicago, St. Louis, Baltimore, and other areas that have high crime like this. And you you should be totally on board stopping this
0: because the no, black. No, no, don't. Those only work if you can if you can further your agenda and push your propaganda with it. You know that.
1: Yeah, because otherwise you have to explain why hundreds of blacks are shot and killed by blacks in Chicago every year. And nobody gives a crap. But one black guy dies at the hands of white police and it's a riot. So you're you're, the Black Lives Matter thing is bullcrap.
0: Well, that's the most useful thing about using crises as propaganda is that so much stuff goes on in the world all the time that it is tremendously easy when you decide, okay, timeline is now in place to put in agenda 2020. So let's pull up the last 24 hours worth of everything that happened everywhere and select an incident. And let's go ahead and push that as our propaganda piece. And that's pretty much how that, that congratulations. That's how news and propaganda works.
1: Yeah. And I think this concept of defunding the police will be the death of a lot of, liberal politicians because i don't think the average I citizen is going to
0: be the death of a lot of average citizens too
1: well yes and which is going to then have a nice domino but effect especially to get rid of the politicians. Because, because
0: of my point that all those people on the south side of chicago who ha- all have guns but nobody's outside of hollywood has ever trained them how to use it and so they know that you just Hold it sideways loosely in a limp wrist with your finger inside the trigger guard and the safety off all the time, and you just walk around the street, the walk signal goes off, and you twitch your arm, and suddenly you put a bullet into a person on the other side of the street, and the gun snaps back and smashes you in the face, and you're like, "Oh, guns are dangerous, and suddenly you 're a freaking liberal
1: and What happens when the police come to a Chicago neighborhood to investigate a shooting? Snitches uh-huh. get stitches
0: that 's what the woman from
1: d c was <laughs> yelling at him too that this is the This is the community's mantra. So thanks, Karen. Right. And this is snitches get stitches. They're afraid to talk to the police. And this is why the violence continues to go on. And again, if Black Lives Matter, explain that to me, why you won't have the people that are doing the shooting in your neighborhood prosecuted because you're afraid of them. You know, that's an excuse, but it's really not. If you want something to change, you actually have to do something about it. I I think
0: we've established that Black Lives Matter is more propaganda than any kind of a mission statement already.
1: It is. And I think there are things that could be done when it comes to police brutality and bad cops. And this is something that we have the technology now. We're at an interesting point where we finally have the technology. One, we have body cams and two, we have cell phones. We have the technology now. And this I would be all for funding. Especially in cities like LA, Chicago, New York, every cop's body cam has got to be transmitting nonstop to their mothership. I mean, obviously, you want to have some privacy. You don't want the world to be able to see this, but this should be going to a mothership where we could have a few people at all times monitoring this. But there's no way a cop at that point could ever do anything without it being on camera. And if the camera goes off for a reason, you better have a damn good reason you can't turn it off if you damage it yourself you know there's going to be hell to pay
0: we have it's a neat idea. it's a neat idea but but like so many other things that we've discussed on grumpy old ben's i think it's naive to assume it'll never be hacked
1: well you know it is naive to think it would never be hacked but i think it's a pretty damn uh, good step in the right direction which would be the cops also knowing that their cameras and i'm assuming i don't know i guess i should have done some research but the current body cams i believe record locally and can be turned off by the officers if they want to turn them off um i'd be all for making those changes and if the cops don't like it then don't be a cop if you're doing your job right you shouldn't be worried about that
0: what why start why stop at cops why not uh a uh, hundred, why not have body cams or, or hundred percent surveillance or constant microphone on all bureaucrats, politicians, and all government workers. They work for us anyway. Ooh, why, why politicians? I like, well, I, okay. So, um, one, one of many, uh, highly, highly unpopular ideas that I've entertained is, you know, I, I think about things and I know that's dangerous and I probably should stop because it, it leads to people getting hurt, but, uh, how do you how do you cope with the increasing surveillance society in general One of the all, one of the conclusions I came to is that just like any other technology you you can't uninvent things the, that's not how invention works that's not how human ideas work So you can't go back at, to a point where people couldn't follow your every move And right now there is a tremendous uh, lopsided uh, power differential between the people who have cameras and the people who don't. So how do you, how do you equalize it? How do you make it so that the government aren't the ones with all the power in a surveillance society? The only way through that I can think of is forward, which is kind of what I just suggested. If, if, if the government is going to have total 100% surveillance on everything all of its citizens do, let's, let's just go ahead and assume that you know we're 90% of the way there. Let's assume that 1984 has happened. Um, the government now knows everything that you do. That, that is how the surveillance is working. Um, we're, we're moving there. A, a lot of us don't like it, but then again, a lot of us carry surveillance devices in our pockets everywhere we go. So uh, I, I'm not feeling like a lot of people are fighting against this. But how do we equalize the imbalance? Well, let's just have universal surveillance everywhere. Let's go ahead and make it so that 100 percent of surveillance data on bureaucrats, politicians, uh, you know, even, even three-letter agencies. Let's just make it all public. Let's stop classifying things. Let's make it so that FOIA requests actually work. Let's make it so that they abolish the FISA court. Let's get rid of all of the you know, national security letters, anything that says people can't talk about it. Let's, you know, the, the FBI knows that they can look at what you're doing at any time. Well, how about if I could look at what they're doing at any time too? Wouldn't that be fair? Mm,
1: there, there would have to be some exemptions i mean for instance when they're talking about investigating terrorists and stuff i wouldn't want the terrorists to know you know so there are I, some things you would need to have a a lid on but you know nancy pelosi and her days to day life in her office making deals with people i would well, watch that live
0: stream what i the uh, pelosi's a terrorist for oh, sure well,
1: yeah i mean sure <laughs> but i would watch that live stream i think that would be interesting and the things that aren't you know there's going to be some exemptions for national security of course but the, you can't let them use that for well, I, everything i
0: i understand it's it's a it's a tough pill to swallow but i, I keep looking at you know the the surveillance is here we're not going to uninvent it so if if i can't think i i guess my position is if i can't keep things private from you then you shouldn't be able to keep things private from me and if every one of us knows everything about what the other is doing Isn't that fair? Isn't that equitable? Isn't equality what we're always going for?
1: Well, that's what they say they're going for, but it's rarely what they're really going for. And you know that Um, it's being suggested in the uh, troll room by DigiGuru that maybe the LSD you took is finally kicking in. That might explain uh, a lot of things. I was
0: wondering why my coffee had a little extra kick today.
1: (laughs) It might. I just got a text from my wife that says the rumor is that the, you know, quote unquote, real protests are going to be going on. In the area where her uh, store is tomorrow. So
0: so all of the all of the looting and burning of shops that we've seen so far, those were fake protests. Well, in
1: this particular area, it hasn't been there. Black Lives Matter marched there yesterday, and I guess it was all peaceful. But the rumor seems to be that there's uh, an event that's going to be happening tomorrow, which I mean, I guess if you're going to go and torch and loot places, the weekend would be the time to do it. I don't know.
0: Yeah. There, there was a demonstration two days ago here in, in Lake Stevens where uh, a bunch of people basically walked down the middle of the highway and then sat down in the highway for nine minutes and whatever, or, or laid down or something. Uh, you know, the, the cops, of course, they got a permit. So the cops came and, and blocked it off, which was, I don't know, probably best for safety, but poetically maybe a little unfortunate because how awesome would it have been for some truck driver to not get the message and, But anyway,
1: well, yeah, uh, well, you saw what happened in Minneapolis with the truck driver who was then pulled and beaten from his truck, who was on the expressway, didn't uh, know this was going on, almost ran over a bunch of people.
0: We've seen that rodeo before, back in L.A. in 92, where people were dragged out of their cars by rioters. I I can't really. Honestly, if if there's a motorist who finds themselves in one of these zones, you, you know, getting dragged out of your car and beaten is sure seems likely on. And and if it's me and my family in that car, then hell yeah, I'm going to gun it. I'm sorry that these protesters might have been in my way in the road, but if it's a matter of my family being killed or a bunch of people who've chosen to go stand in the street, I know whose life I value more.
1: Yeah. Which again, good reason to have a concealed carry permit. If you need one in your area to have a gun in your car but there was a truck driver that penned a letter that i believe it was uncle ted nugent posted on to uh social media that said look and the name was just mentioned in the troll room here reginald denny he's like every truck driver knows the name reginald denny that was the guy we all remember getting pulled from his truck And beaten to within an inch Uh, of his life in the L.A. riots. that,
0: That was who I was talking about, but apparently I'm not a truck driver. I didn't remember the name.
1: Exactly. And the truck drivers do. And the truck driver penned a thing saying, look, we respect your right to protest. But the minute you're in the street, we're taking this as a threat to our own safety. And if you get up on our truck and on our cab, we're taking this very seriously We will run you over with our 80,000 ton, 80,000 pound truck, and we don't want to do it, but we will protect ourselves. You do not want to jump on a truck driver's rig, and I'm assuming a lot of them have handguns. And, uh, you know, while these guys are jumping up, it's like, I don't know if they're going to you once they jump on your truck and start beating on your side window or the windshield, you know, they're going to try to pull you out of the truck. So I think it should be fair game at that point. You, do whatever you need to do to get these guys off your truck, dead or alive.
0: This reminds me of uh, the the plot of the. It, did, have you ever seen any of the Fast and the Furious movies?
1: No, I mean I know what they are, but I've never uh, seen it,
0: them. It, it, I mean it's basically fast car porn, and and if you're into that sort of thing, then you like the movies. Uh, but the very first one was was the only one that I'm aware of that actually had a plot, and they they stuck to it or even cared about it. Um, but it wasn't much of one. So the plot to that movie was. Uh, there is this gang of uh, of street rats who are fast, have de- huh? And then they're fast and furious. Y- yes. Well, there some people are <laughs> furious, not many. But but these people decided that they were going to start robbing trucks with with their uh, fast import riced out cars. And so they would get out on a highway, which which conveniently, presumably the film crew did this, had no other traffic on it. Um, they would do some amazing car stunts. They would jump on the truck, um, hijack it and make off with expensive electronics. And in, in this uh given the era that it was in, it was like DVD players and CD players and stuff. Right. Uh, but they, they were doing that. And then uh, the, the protagonist of the movie was a cop who was sent to infiltrate. And over the course of the movie, he ends up being converted to their cause because really it was, the movie was a romanticism of these people who've gone out and decided that they want to do robbery and at the end the cop has kind of been converted and and wants to keep them alive and the end of the movie was they're going out and doing a heist but the truck drivers know that the heist is going to go on and the particular truck driver that they've chosen has equipped himself with a shotgun and that the, the cop goes and has to chase after them to stop the heist because he doesn't want them to get killed by the truck driver who has decided to arm himself after seeing dozens of other truck drivers getting robbed. And the very peak of it is exactly at, at very high speed. A couple of the gang members are hanging on the side of this truck and a truck driver whose face is never shown at all in the movie. He's faceless. Is Pulling a sort of shotgun out and shooting out the windows of the truck at opportune moments to try to increase the danger and, and make it look like he's trying to kill these people during that entire scene. I was like, I know that I'm supposed to be siding with these delinquents because that's who the, the script is romanticizing. There was absolutely nothing about a truck driver arming himself because he knows damn well that driving down this stretch of road, he's going to get robbed by a bunch of hooligans in riced out Hondas that he's going to get himself a shotgun and maybe teach them a lesson. That seems like exactly what happens.
1: And when you defund the police, if you don't think people are going to defend themselves, you're nuts. I believe this. We are on par right now. We're on pace. I should say. To be the number one gun sales year ever. Um, That should say something.
0: I approve. And
1: people should understand what that means. As long
0: as people take the time and effort to learn how to use them. Yes. Because, you know, uh, there's a lot of statistics and a lot of people crying that guns are dangerous. And I tell you what, guns are dangerous in the hands of somebody who doesn't respect them as a tool or understand how to use them.
1: Which is exactly why we called out the governor, not governor, maybe it was the governor, somebody in Connecticut, some lawmaker chick that wanted to put like massive taxes on ammo. Because why does anybody need all that ammo to practice so you don't end up killing somebody that you're not trying to kill?
0: Because gun control is being able to hit what
1: you're aiming at. Exactly. It's very important. But if everybody was, you know, this comes down again. You said everybody's way more polite if you know or at least think everybody is armed we saw what happened in one of those church shootings before the COVID thing started where the guy all of a sudden pulls out a shotgun and I don't even know if he was able to shoot one person, maybe one. And then he was gunned down by two other people. It's like, this is how self policing will work.
0: That that, that's, that's how community policing functions. Yes.
1: Everybody takes responsibility. It's not
0: always pretty. No. And, and it doesn't always feel good, (laughs) but, but the moment that you've decided that you want to, it it, screw with somebody else's rights. Uh, you know, there is by, by strict natural rights theory, uh, the, the moment that you decide to infringe somebody else's rights, yours are forfeit. And that's, I mean, another name for that is the law of the jungle. That's, that's how all animals functioned for a very long time before we came across this, this rule of law stuff where, where we've decided that, you know, the monopoly on violence should be held by the state. Well, yeah, yeah that's well, working out well.
1: And with Chicago, when they don't when they want to prosecute people who shoot somebody that breaks into their house because, you know, you shouldn't have a gun in the city of Chicago. And we're going to prosecute the poor 70 something year old guy who had his house broken into and people coming in with guns. I don't get it. This is insanity. Boy, that, that
0: sounds a whole lot like uh like celebrities getting together and. uh Putting together funds to bail out people who were caught by cops, uh, looting stores and setting fire to small businesses. You know, I usually let's let's go ahead and romanticize the criminals again.
1: Right. And I would usually go, you know what, celebrities, musicians and that if I decided to not consume any of their content because of their political leanings. There would be nothing to watch. And I will. You don't have
0: to not consume their content. (laughs) Just don't pay for it.
1: Yes. Well, there that is that is the trick. Do not give them any money. Pirate it. That's the better way to go, allegedly. But it gets to the point when you see stuff like that, which is you're bailing out rioters and looters. I don't know. Are they not understanding that the people getting arrested? are committing crimes this isn't i mean aoc had a video that she posted like oh these are just poor people trying to get home from work and the cops are attacking
0: them bullcrap or 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 in the the smaller chance that the people may have even been just in the wrong place at the wrong time in in that case there should be no evidence that they committed a crime and then they won't be charged yes (laughs) in theory but Or, or or even if it goes to trial, then a jury of their peers should determine that there was no crime and then they don't. I mean, yeah, OK.
1: You know, these musicians that have their music sold, I mean, I granted nobody buys physical CDs or albums much anymore, but Walmart, Target, which they're burning those down I, I, and then they're let, bailing l- the let's people be fair.
0: out. Yeah. Everybody gets their music from Spotify and YouTube anymore. Nobody buys music anyway.
1: No, I get just pay from,
0: a subscription to stream
1: it. I just pay for my Internet and then download everything
0: yeah i just called you a nobody right oh, wait, thank no.
1: you Woo-hoo. i am a nobody that makes me a somebody don't you understand well, not, the logic? you're not
0: paying for music either though so
1: <laughs> i have i've spent plenty on music over the years there is no question about that oh, over the years sure
0: I i'm just a- saying that that the days when people pay for specific music are just about over anymore it's all subscription today
1: no it's a lot of vinyl for me but that's i know i'm on the okay now you're a nobody yes i'm a fringe you know i bought a bunch of well that's that's the go-to present idea now christmas and all that people what do you want like well vinyl buy me vinyl. lots of i've got
0: i've got a question for you i want your opinion because because you're you're probably close to this why 66 Uh,
1: episodes in you finally want my opinion on something
0: uh, no actually i just want you to bloviate for a bit so i can get up and pee but i'm gonna ask you a question okay um so, the article here is Mayor Lightfoot pleads with Walmart and other retailers to not abandon Chicago.
1: Uh huh.
0: Um, I, I, how much do you know about this story?
1: I've heard that she did that. And it just makes me laugh because she's the one that left their stores vulnerable. And now she yeah. wants them to stay. Why? Why would they want to stay? They can't make money if you're going to let this happen to their stores. They can make zero money. If they come back in these stores that were lit on fire, looted, if they come back and fix these stores and restock them with everything and reopen and three months down the road, the verdict comes in in this case or something else happens and there's another riot. Well, (laughs) they're going to get they're going to lose their crap again.
0: Well, it should be purely a financial decision. It should be if they believe that they are going to make money by reopening the store they'll reopen the store that's the rational thing to do if they believe that they're not going to make money either by people not buying the stuff or or maybe by knowing that if something happens again that the mayor doesn't have their back and won't send police and they're just going to be vulnerable again you know may i don't know and maybe they hire private security like the libertarians all want
1: yeah which would be big white guys with guns i guess i don't know but i thought the more interesting thing was Somebody on the, uh, the conservative side decided to play the game that the liberal side usually does. And I think asked Mayor Lightfoot or maybe this. I'm just imagining this because the question came up was, uh, well, how much of this do you put on to Jussie Smollett for faking a hate crime in your city, causing the divisiveness to cause these racial tensions? I mean, nobody wants to put the blame on Jussie, even though he faked a hate crime it's, you know, it's insane. It is absolutely insane. Chicago at some point probably deserves to burn down and it it should, but the capitalist system, they hate that, which is exactly why they're not going to tell you that. Well, you know, Target and Walmart, you don't leave if they can't make money anywhere. I mean, anybody that owns a business or runs a business, you don't continue to do business in an area you can't make money, which is why these behemoths like McDonald's and Subway, even though they're still building new locations in areas that they believe they can make money, they're closing locations that aren't making any money. Well, I mean, cold acid, yeah. And the troll room says Chicago's tried to burn itself down before. We can go back to Mrs. O'Leary's cow and we try to burn Chicago down. It always comes back. I don't know if it ever comes back uh, better.
0: How many times have they tried and why haven't they succeeded yet?
1: <laughs> they keep trying and uh, eventually somebody will succeed. And it is
0: a and isn't isn't there a thing the the great Chicago fire of the
1: great Chicago fire there is. Yes, Mrs. O'Leary's it's cow. A, oh,
0: there's a thing called uh, the great Chicago fire. That was a thing. Yes. Can can you can you attest to whether or not it was actually all that great?
1: <laughs> it was pretty spectacular when you see the uh, when you see photos from back then, which is going back into the eighteen hundreds. But this is a big reason why Chicago ended up, which, which is what people are using for. Uh, you know the the crazy kind of anarchist mentality is i mean chicago once it was burned down came back even stronger i mean the same could be said for almost anything which this brings this concept of well you know california if we burn burn everything down it'll come back better it'll come back stronger so let's burn it down
0: How, how long does it take to come back i'm asking for california
1: a long time it's not instantaneous it's not magic and uh you know, California is just so far. I can't even fathom what Los Angeles would be like without a police force. It's it's unfathomable. New York, the same well, thing.
0: We're going to we're going to find out, aren't we?
1: Probably. But we're going to do it remotely because there's no way we're getting anywhere near what's going on there. And rightfully so.
0: No, I I'm, no, I'm, I'm just going to be able to observe Seattle as, uh, you know, they're, they're not going to remove their police force or anything. They're just chastising people and and they might get deunionified.
1: And follow along with Chicago Crime at heyjackass.com for all the latest. When I looked yesterday was a murder every 14 hours and 50 minutes in Chicago this year. I mean we're doing good. We got a pace going and uh it's a delightful thing. But we do have some people to thank for today's show. And uh, the mail we did get two things in the actual snail mail so the p.o box is is working it's active and i I do want to also thank cal from lavender blossoms i mean it was you know we talked about this i think on the last show how long it was taking the mail to get from just outside of detroit to chicago because i was ranting i was doing a good bemrose thing saying we should just get rid of the post office sell it to some third party you know private party that can actually make it work And once we got our package from Cal, he threw a couple of extra things in, which was really, really nice of him. He knew where we were, the you know the art guy from No Agenda. And I sent him a little thank you note saying, "Hey, it finally arrived. You know, it had been running late, no fault of his." And he's like, "Yeah, I I heard about that on Grumpy Old Ben." So Cal, thanks for listening to Grumpy Old Ben's. Thanks, Cal. We appreciate it. He sent me some of the honey. John and Adam talked. You know, he sent them a note with uh, that he had some honey, and it is the best honey. Ever. He doesn't normally ship it, but I think my wife, after like one teaspoon, will pay like a hundred bucks just to get honey shipped from Cal because it's some uh, good stuff that I guess they sell in his shop. But the she's digging the CBD salves as well as my mom, and they have, you know, pain in there. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm confused. Sure. CBD honey? No, no, not the honey, just regular honey. They do. Okay. But he also oh. has that lavenderblossoms.org, the salves, the CBD salves, and all
0: that kind of stuff. Okay good products I, I, fresh local honey is amazing it's it it's like a superfood
1: it is i don't think I i've use, ever had it
0: before and it's like holy
1: crap I use, this is different than the stuff you buy in the jars
0: I, I use about a teaspoon of honey each day uh because uh if you do that and you have to do it with local honey like honey within 50 miles of you is is where it needs to have been farmed because then what you get is you get the whatever types of local pollen and, and plant stuff. Uh, I, I use it to control my allergies Ah, because uh, the honey prevents it from irritating your respiratory tract because it's going in your stomach, but it's still going into your body. So you can make the right antibodies.
1: That is it, interesting. Uh,
0: it, it's a neat idea. And, and it's also a very, very tasty idea. So we always uh, use the local farmer's market to get honey.
1: Yeah. This is the first time I think I've ever had freshly done, like just, honey rather than all the processed stuff and there is definitely there's definitely a difference and like i said my mom with her arthritis loves the stuff i mean has tried everything from all the other crap you buy at the you know the, the cvc or walgreens where it's like yeah it works a little or you're you know pumping tylenol and all that the the uh, salves really seem to work almost like magic and I mean, they're not cheap but they do the job which is <laughs> the main thing when it well, comes that, down to it a-
0: yeah congratulations you've just described most drugs
1: yes we've realized the things that work will cost a little more because there is a you know it costs more to produce them but yeah definitely thanks cal Uh, unless uh, unless
0: that's hydroxychloroquine
1: right and then that can't work because it's too cheap and trump said it works and everybody has to immediately come down against him but we do have people to thank like i said the the p.o box worked and we got a eleven eleven from timonymous which I know I've heard that name multiple times over on the no agenda show as well. Uh, we have 10 bucks from Jay Noah Davis on a subscription through PayPal, Bernard Engelskircher, $10 subscription through PayPal, Fred castaneta, which was in the PO box. And then Jacob Hernandez, five bucks. He's on Patreon. We haven't mentioned him before. He is new on Patreon and we have Stevie over on Patreon who we talked about back in December, but it's still been st- uh, steadily collecting. So it's a beautiful thing. And we got two things from Harry Hamster with notes saying, uh, I troll, therefore I am. I thought that was kind of like your life mantra. I troll. I,
0: I, I rub off on people. For <laughs> it, example, uh, this latest random thoughts. Y- you'd almost think I was there in spirit.
1: You would think I was trying to go full bemrose.
0: I could tell, and I was.
1: Yes, I was. Con-
0: yeah, well, and never go full bemrose. It's hard to get
1: back from that. It is, and I was con- uh, considering doing the show live on the stream, which I could have done, but I did have to pause a couple of times, not to uh, not to get my thoughts or to keep going, but my voice
0: was going. There was a little. Uh, there was a little too much. Yeah. Get- getting angry is like that why do you think i sound like this
1: <laughs> that oh, that explains it now it
0: is pure
1: bemrose rant voice
0: and you the, can't, I, I i was angry before i had a podcast that's why i came into it with my voice like this
1: <laughs> and we uh we appreciate that and dame bemrose for living with you and uh bemlet for li- growing up with you and getting beat up because you didn't know algebra and uh, the other note Harry Hamster sent along was steal the jokes and be quiet. So I don't know if that's you or me just to steal his jokes and be quiet or what, but Harry oh. Hamster, we uh, appreciate because,
0: because we called him out in the troll room when we stole one of his jokes. Yeah, which I
1: guess is what the troll room is there and, for.
0: I, you know what? Credit where credit's due. That's how this world works. Get used to it.
1: <laughs> and if you want to get in on the fun, noagendastream.com is the place to be at 11 a.m. Central on Fridays when we do this show live and we will be doing the show next week and on schedule. And do we have an announcement you wanted to make or is this a surprise? Are
0: are you asking if I want to tease next week's show?
1: Yes, I am.
0: Um, I, I, I don't know that it's final yet, but uh, we're looking at, we might have a guest and if you're looking for an announcement, I think it's probably premature because we haven't, uh, we haven't completed that conversation yet. Uh, but stay tuned on no agenda social, uh, where we'll probably mention, uh, it's looking like next Friday we'll have a guest
1: and also subscribe to our newsletter, which you I think you just figured out yesterday. I, I, just,
0: I, I just, yeah, I was watching on, I'm like, what, what is this grumpy old Ben's thing you were sending out yesterday? I had, wait, there's a link and I, there's a newsletter. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm always the last to know about these things. I just got to say.
1: Yeah, which is why we put in a nice big ad for random thoughts with a PS that says, if anybody was wondering, I mean, we know in no agenda world that JCD does the newsletter and Adam does all the other audio stuff and all the good yeah, stuff. Yeah,
0: JCD sends the newsletter to Adam before publication to check and see it, make sure it's OK.
1: Oh, you want me to ask you before publishing stuff? That's not going to happen.
0: Yeah, I didn't think so. <laughs> no, I did no, have that would I be have extra two, work for you. I did have two more things in my notes that I just wanted to call out. One is uh you, know, you could call this a mea culpa or an uncharacteristic attack of conscience um in episode 65 uh my the line that i started the show out with was from america's left coast where we need antifa more than ever
1: <laughs> be, be careful i, I, what I just you have wish to for. say
0: I, I, at the time that we recorded that one week ago uh antifa was a memory from back when they were roaming around Portland punching people and saying they were Nazis, and I was merely commenting that what we needed was somebody to uh push down the actual authentic old style fascism that we had been living under because of all of our governments and activists who claim to be leaders and you know actual fascists who are yeah anyways so well but you see uh, poorly timed joke that i i, I you, you could say i'm a prophet and and maybe that's it maybe it was my subconscious predicting the future but it was a little scary then suddenly seeing within two days
1: Well, <laughs> yeah crap wait 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 a minute you're telling me you actually have antifa out on the streets there because i've been watching the mainstream media very carefully and i've been told over and over again that it was white nationalists and white supremacists that were doing all this rioting. And yes,
0: yes. They're LARPing. They're, they're LARPing as LARPers. That's gotta be it. I I, I don't know that there's anywhere that you can go to authoritatively determine what the hell is going on, but I'll tell you what, not all of it's good.
1: No, it's not all good. I do believe Antifa is out there doing stuff. The fact that they're really on the radar at this point being, Called a terrorist group now being deemed that by the president, whether you like Trump or not, this is going to open some doors for those people, a part of Antiva who are doing violent things to face some consequences.
0: I, I guess the moral of the story here is that Sir Bemrose is a prophet and doesn't always want to be.
1: Or you just get lucky once out of every 64 shows.
0: I'm going to go with the profit thing. Okay, I Uh,
1: think you would.
0: The other note that I have is um, I wanted to point out that at uh, at some point during the week, um, uh, CSB produced a toot on No Agenda Social where he was complaining that podcasts were triggering Alexa. And we've talked about this before. You need first of all, you need to not have that device, but second, stop playing podcasts at it, or otherwise, you know, Alexa, go loot the local Walmart.
1: Wait. Do Alexa's have the ability to leave the house now?
0: I, I, I wouldn't put anything past those things at this point. They will when the Alexa's are inside the sextiles. Alexa, send all my personal data to Bill Gates. No, no. you got, If
1: you're going to do it, you have to do it right with something like... Alexa, Ale- unlock all the doors. Well, you that or Alexa, reorder toilet paper. There you go. Yes. And now somebody's getting more toilet paper. Well, if, if Amazon even has it again, <laughs> I don't know. A- I Alexa...
0: Mean- order two dozen cases of brussels sprouts confirm
1: confirm I, now I, I, the funny if, thing if is that
0: does if that doesn't do it if, if that doesn't convince you all to stop making your stupid listening devices listen to podcasts i don't know what will
1: yeah and i hear hold on hold on see, see, i have like two rooms away it's talking alexa turn off some <laughs> crazy bitch see i can't even do a podcast <laughs> This is, Don't
0: worry, I'm laughing at you, not
1: with you. Yes, we're triggering it ourselves. I mean, they're beautiful devices. If you want to be listened to nonstop, you know it's great for setting alarms. It's great for listening to the sound of rain while you're trying to fall yes, asleep.
0: It's it's great for random podcasters to unlock your doors right as the unruly mobs show up.
1: It is. I highly recommend that. Do never attach that to your doors or your garage door or anything like that. I consume media with it, and I mean. I, I would say like uh, I, I would put you in this category, too. You, you're not really saying anything different when the microphones are off than we're saying in grumpy old Ben. So, I mean, if anybody no. wants to hear it, it's uh, no, we're making it. No, the, we're,
0: the only thing different about Friday mornings for me is that, that my rants go into a microphone. And yes, I tell you what, Dan Pemrose really enjoys the respite.
1: We're making them available in higher audio quality than even the Alexa can get. So uh, CSB, turn off your device for the love of Pete. He does like to post a little audio clip every time he's mentioned on No Agenda 2, which is funny. He likes the notoriety and he's still so mad that yeah. JCD blocked him. Uh, don't we all? Yeah, I do. <laughs> we 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 all do. So thank you for everybody who contributed to the show in any which way you do. Thank you for showing up in the troll room when we do these shows live and fact checks or bemrose that is a necessity. Go to grumpyoldbens.com if you want to subscribe to the show, if you want to donate Or if you want to uh, get an invite to no agenda social, anything you need, sign up for the newsletter. All of that is available at grumpy dot com. A simple one stop shop. So until next time, I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where we haven't been looted yet, but maybe we'll get lucky.
0: And from America's left coast, where we need Joe McCarthy more than ever, and he's nowhere to be seen. I'm Ryan Bemrose. I think he's.
1: Dad, you should look in the graveyard.